This is Liz Reed. This is my podcast called Liz Life Guru. I'm a practicing therapist here in Michigan. This show will focus on addiction, mental health issues from beginning to end. I am also in recovery for the past 20 years and I have plenty of topics that can help you from A to Z. So let's get started. just want to say one thing. I've been out of the studio with my own show since 2020, and I am glad to be back here and doing my own show right now. Today, helping me out with my podcast is Gina. Gina, how are you doing today? Hello. Thank you for joining me. You're welcome. I'm happy to be here. Happy to talk. I appreciate it so much. I mean, it's going to take a little while. We'll go a little rough around the edges. We'll figure it out, right? We got it. Absolutely. Lots to talk about. Um, As I mentioned before, I'm an addiction specialist. I'm also in recovery for 20 years. Um, I also specialize in mental health, and I am a practicing psychotherapist here in Michigan. One of the topics I decided, Gina, that we talk about today is how to help an addict. So I had to do a little research on that. This is something that I do every day. And interestingly enough, did you know that 40 to 60% of people relapse in recovery? Really? Uh Uh-huh. Isn't that amazing? And when we talk about addiction, what exactly are we addicted to or the person who we're talking about? Is there like a, is it substance? Is it gambling, gaming? Is it, what is actually Any one of those things. It could be any one of those things. Primarily what we're talking about today though is substance. Substance. So that's going to include uh, heroin, um, opiates of any kind. Alcohol. um, Alcohol. Really? Um, okay. You know, not to mention, though, that sex addiction and video game addiction and anything else like that is, you know, vastly important. So everything we talk about today, no matter what somebody is experiencing with an addiction, even if yeah. we don't specifically say that addiction or if somebody who's listening hears and relates to, oh, somebody that I know or I myself feel like I have that addiction going. Yeah, what we talk about today, they can apply these to a, concepts. These concepts, absolutely. Okay, and so we'll start with we'll start with what to look for, what this means, how to handle it, and what you can expect in the end. So it kind of gives you a broad brush on A to Z on what we need to do to help somebody in an active addiction, which is very detrimental to families as well. I have a question. Yeah, addiction. Yes, and mental health. You. Totally, totally combined and usually are connected. They do go it's together. comorbid. They do. Yes, we call that okay. comorbid. It means that you have two things going on at the same time, two different diagnoses. So in a lot of ways, it's a chicken before the egg. Sometimes is it the mental health that drove them to their addiction or is it the addiction that drove to their mental health? Okay, so and, if someone's listening and they say, oh, but he just has some mental health issues. Yeah, but it could be that there's mental health in conjunction with an addiction issue. Sure. Or an addiction issue in conjunction with some mental health issues. So they do go together. They do go together. Okay. Because in a lot of ways, people will start using drugs, alcohol and drugs, or supplementing with some form of addiction to help with their symptoms that they're uh, that they're uh, experiencing through um, their mental health issue, right? So if you have excessive anxiety or depression, they would be taking any one number of drugs or doing bad behavior in order to help compensate for the way they feel. So roughly 20 million people are addicted to something right now as we sit here. Isn't that amazing? Wow, that's Uh, a big number. Absolutely. And there's some excellent documentaries that one can watch to educate yourself 
which is part of what we're going to go over right here. Um, educate yourself on addiction. There's a phenomenal one out right now with Michael, uh, Michael Keaton. It's not a documentary. It's a docudrama called Dope Sick, which will show you how pharma really pushed Oxycontin and it became a household medication mm-hmm. and ended up destroying families, uh, West Virginia, many different parts of the country due to overprescribing. They're prescribing billions of pills every year. If you can even imagine that, isn't that amazing? That's amazing. It is. It's just, it's it's gotten not way out of control, but it's a big money maker. So let's assume. Okay, so we'll assume that we know that somebody in our family is using. What kind of what do you, what do you think you'd be looking for? Um, I think you'd be looking for um, maybe they're not behaving the same. Maybe they've got some erratic personality or their sleep patterns are different, or maybe their physical characteristics have changed. Maybe they've lost a lot of weight. Um, maybe they are having difficulty making commitments or getting to the job on time. Mm -hmm. Any one of those things or all of those things going along. Physical appearance is a huge one. Um, family avoidance, they're not coming to family gatherings oh, or dinners, sense. you know, out of their usual pattern of what they used to do with the family and with friends. Still making excuses. Exactly. Um, lack of grooming. Oh. Isolation. Okay. Um, financial problems, which are obvious. Mm. Um, asking for money, which is obvious, you know, and also aggressive behavior. So when somebody is using, um, they're, they're usually, they'll deflect. And this is your problem. You're doing something that's upsetting me. I don't have any problems. Nothing's wrong with me. So are they finding a reason to make a to make me the bad guy or yeah. make me have the problem? Not every single time because some addicts can actually genuinely be nice as they're robbing you blind or right. hurting the family or killing themselves. But right. in reality, they don't want to admit that there's a problem because remember, when somebody is actually addicted, they're t- you're, when you're talking to them, you're talking to their addiction. You're not talking to the person you know and love. Right. Okay. We we think that we're talking to little Jackie, Johnny, or Julie, and no, we're not. We're talking to their addiction, which is answering at a primal level, which is "fuck you, I'm fine, leave me alone, I need sex or drugs or alcohol and whatever to survive, and you're not coming near me to take it away because it's that vital to them as oxygen." Does it start off with just a little bit of addiction, and then it progresses over time? Well, like, yes, like AA says in any one of the different uh, um, alcohol or addiction, NA says, you know, it's a progressive disease. That's why it was named as a disease because it is a disease of the brain because it progresses through your brain chemistry and changes your personality and turns you into somebody that you are not. Okay. And so, you know, we don't, we don't, we're not born into this world and say, hey, you know, I think I'm going to be a drug addict. That's a really good idea, right? right? It's usually circumstances and... Also, family genetics, the biology of your family. If you had an alcoholic father, mother, or addict, brother, sister, blah, 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 just like mental illness, this will carry down through your family. That's why it's really good to address these issues with your children when they're young. Make them aware that they have a propensity to being an addict, and you talk to them about using drugs and alcohol. And and I always remind them that if you never try it, you'll never miss it. Are there um, environmental issues or environmental factors that come into play with a, 
with addiction? Well, I mean, obviously, if you're working in a bar, hanging out with the wrong people that use a lot of drugs and alcohol, peer pressure, things like that, you're going to start using under those circumstances. And as I was mentioning before, um, the mental health component of that is also part of it. Um, if you're suffering with anxiety, like I was when I had my first panic attacks when I was 19 years old, there was nothing, no medications for that. So when I started having panic attacks, I remember my mom, I was living in California at the time. My mom said, have a drink. You'll be fine. I was in the restaurant business. Sure. And so I did. And that led to years and years of drinking. It wasn't out of control, but it was my medication. Isn't that sad, but true, because it affects the same part of your nervous system. There's So is there any one thing that causes an addiction? I wouldn't say any one thing. Now, you know, obviously we have trauma, right? If you go through a traumatic event, we can use that. Once again, we're referring back to mental health because that's like PTSD or trauma. Mm -hmm. Uh, We will use something to numb our feelings. Okay. If somebody has an accident, hurts himself, it can be an innocent thing breaks a wrist or something. They can become addicted to the pain pills that are helping them. So it, it can start off with having, in your situation, like, oh, have a drink. You know, you're a little anxious, yeah. have a drink. Or mm-hmm. if I fell down and hurt my knee and I'm taking some pain pills. So it could be something that starts off just as an everyday event. Yes. Then it progresses mm-hmm. is what I'm hearing. So it doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily have to be Somebody just decided all of a sudden to no. start doing. No, I, it can be. It can be a okay. defiant thing that a kid will want to do. Well, you know, I'm just going to try it. Fuck it. I'm just going to see how it works out for me. I'm just, you know, friends are doing it. This is cool. Social media pictures. I had a patient sent me pictures of her daughter drinking booze and smoking weed with some dudes. And she's only 15 years old thinking wow. she's bad, all bad. And, you know, that ends up with bad behavior, bad trauma and addiction. So, someti- so sometimes it can be an accidental accidentally they somebody becomes addicted to somebody something yeah. not yeah. because they or it can be because they are making the decision to sure overdrink or overuse sure. absolutely so there's two different cases yeah but there's no matter any of different variances right but no matter what it how it began it's all the same. It's addiction. It's all the same. It's all addiction. Addiction. Where you go with your addiction, where where you end up in your addiction, it, now those are a whole bunch of other factors that we're going to take into consideration right now. So one of the key components, if you've, everything you and I have just discussed is that, you know, somebody's using, they're using heavily. This is what's going on. You know, um, we know the family's aware. What do we do now? Well, what happens a lot of times is the family gets involved in the addiction just as much as the addict is. That becomes a slow process because many families are defiant to stand up to them or work with them or take things away from their family member because they're scared they'll never speak to them again. What about if, so you have somebody in the, the, somebody, the wife, mother, sister, brother, uncle, cousin, yeah. somebody says, oh, well, you know what? He only does it on the weekend. Sure. So it's really not- they Minimize an, it. Right. Mm-hmm. It's really not an addiction. He only mm-hmm. does it, he's a little stressed, so he comes home and he just does it on the weekends or he does it after work yeah. or he does it. Is that still addiction? Well, yeah, in a lot of ways, if it changes their behavior, okay. if it changes their behavior, if it's something that they don't want to go without- if it's like okay. every way, like there's definitely weekend drinkers, there's partiers, right. so heavy duty partiers on the weekend. If they don't want to go out without that and they want to do it, if they want to party, if it's something that helps keep them uh, 
functioning and happy, you know, functioning alcoholics, functioning drug addicts are the same situation, but their behavior, if their behavior changes, changes radically, that is a real problem for a whole family. Okay. It is a very big problem for a whole family. So, you know, as they're isolating and pushing away from the family, you know, often families will come to me, what do I do first? What do I, well, first of all, where are you in this whole project? Where, what, what's going on? What are you doing? Well, how are you enabling? I'm not enabling at all. Well, wait a minute. Let's look at that a little bit. What are you doing? Well, you know, he doesn't have any money and he needs to get to a meeting. First of all, no, once again, as I said, you're dealing with the addiction. You're talking to the addiction. You're not talking to your son or daughter or lover or husband or wife. You're talking to the addiction. And so they will lie. They'll lie to your face. They'll do whatever they can in order to get what they need. And then you find yourself slowly but surely just hanging by a thread on each and everything they say to you. And if they are lying, you're hoping they're not this time. So you'll give them the money. Well, it's to get to an AA meeting. Right. Or you'll give them, um, you know, I need a ride here or there. That, you know, you drop them off. Or you, you're always making excuses for them and kind of excusing away their bad behavior. So what Why they can't get a so job. So what happens when he, she, whomever asks me for a ride or money and I decide, you know what, I'm going to be strong today. I'm going to say no. Mm-hmm. And now, you know... That person is mad at me. Sure. You can't help me. You won't support me. You don't believe Mm -hmm. in me. I want, uh, now I'm left feeling bad because they've said, because I tried to say no. I said no. No, I'm Mm -hmm. not giving you the money or no, I'm not giving you the ride. Mm -hmm. And now they've blown up at me and are mad at me. I feel bad about this. What Now what happens? Well, if the, the first thing you have to do is before you even start standing up for yourself, you have to educate yourself on what the hell's going on here. Okay. You have to know, you have to listen to podcasts like this. You have to read up on what goes on with addiction. You have to understand who you're dealing with and what, how you feel about it. And I would always highly suggest having a family meeting so everybody's on the same page. Because what an addict knows only is consequences when they're at that primal level. So if there are no consequences, they will move on to the next person. Okay. So if you put up some consequences, listen, we're not supplying you with anything. We're not giving you anything anymore. This is not going to happen. You know, forget about it. It's not going to work. Then they will move on to the next person that will give them what they need. And so if you can get the family involved. And when I taught, when I was at Sacred Heart, Sacred Heart uh, is a addiction facility here in Richmond, Mm -hmm. Michigan, Memphis, Mm -hmm. Michigan. Um, When I was doing addiction there, I used to teach the families. There were 150 people would come in every Sunday and I would teach them what to say, what to do and how to handle their kids while here. They were like, can I give them 50 or a hundred dollars? I'm like, they have a a pop machine. They don't need 50 or a hundred dollars. They need nothing. Okay. They've got everything they need here. They just need your support. And then we would talk about addiction and I'd, and they, my son and daughter, I'd say, if they're living in your home using drugs, throw them out. You have to throw them out. You cannot allow this to affect you and everybody else in the family. You have a life too. Mm -hmm. And they would say, my son or daughter, some people would say, my son or daughter, I will not allow them to die in the streets. And I'd say, well, then they're going to die in their bedroom. They're going to die in your house. And I've seen it over and over again. So they die at home. And what kind of horror is that for the entire family? Yeah, to remember that. And so many family members become overly involved in that person's addiction and making excuses for them and do not realize that they need to be taking care of everybody in the family. Now they're just married to their son or daughter or husband or wife who's in this addiction. And they're not there for the whole family. So where do we go from here? Well, 
Where we go from here is everybody has to be on board with one another, a family meeting. Okay. Okay. Are we educated? This is what I know. Are you going to support me? Am I going to support you? Are you going to tell him this? Am I going to say that? What are our options? And you have a reasonable, reasonable options. Listen, we're going to go in, we're going to sit down, we're going to talk to him, we're going to tell this person in our family, this is what we need. We need complete sobriety from you. And if you cannot... I am not willing to support you financially. I am not willing to have you live in this home, coming home drunk. I'm not willing to help you pay for your legal problems or help you with a car or any one of those things. If you would like a ride to rehab, that's when I will step up. If you need a ride to AA, I will step up. One of the things, though, is that um, plenty of people don't want to take don't want to take it. They don't want to um, be involved in the addiction recovery program because they think they don't have any money. One of the great things is, is if you have zero money, Medicaid will pay for this. So often if you go into Sacred Heart or any number of other addiction facilities and you only have Medicaid, they will sign you up once you get in there and start getting you detox. Oh, so they will help. So there are there are organizations out there that will help yes. the person. Mm-hmm. So it, it it can't be a financial issue. I no. don't have life insurance. I don't life insurance. I don't have I don't have health insurance, so yeah. I can't afford treatment. Exactly, exactly. And by the way, the best treatment there is is free, free. Okay. N a a a. I don't want to hear everybody in there is getting high. Bullshit. I was in it. I know. If that's a bad meeting, go to another meeting. Okay. Okay. And also, if you have felonies, people think you can never work again. There's right. felony programs that we work with that are organized to help the addict when they get out to find jobs from, you wouldn't imagine, you can work every single day somewhere with a full felony record. There are no excuses. Okay. Medicaid will pay for it. You'll be in detox for five to seven days to get to kick this. It's not going to be comfortable. It's not going to be easy. They also have medications that you can take like um, Suboxone and uh, Valtrexone. Um, these- and we're certainly not prescribing any medication. No, we are not. We're just no. saying that there are a bunch of resources here. Yes. And resources available. Yes. So to say, oh, I can't because I don't have health insurance or I yes. don't have the means to do it. Exactly. There are services available that are free mm-hmm. that will help someone overcome their this, addiction. The, this addiction. Yes. If you put both feet in and you understand the process and you educate yourself and realize, and also the family needs to realize that they're not going to get back there. I just want my same son or daughter right. or family. No, they're not coming back after a long addi- addiction, especially what goes on in addiction, like trauma and other wild things that go on. They're not going to come back the same person that they were. Okay. Okay. There will be somebody entirely different. Um, the other thing is, is that... Um, when Medicaid takes care of everything, they will refer you out through case managers for free through Medicaid to therapists, doctors, psychiatrists that'll help you manage your addiction and your emotional, mental health that needs to be managed in order for you to carry on a successful, sober life. And all of this is free. So there are no excuses. Is there a time, like how long does this take? Does everybody go through the same step, the same amount of time, or is it? Everybody's different. So I can't say in a month I'll be done or in six weeks someone will be done. Well, or- I mean, you know, they don't. insurance doesn't pay that long for you to be in rehab anymore. Okay. Unfortunately, even with the best insurance in the world, maybe right. a week, week and a half, that's not going to cure somebody who has a 15-year <laughs> addiction to opiate habit. 
But if you have a will, if you have a little bit of strength, if you have the understanding that this is not who you are, you can do it. Anybody can do it. Okay. They can. All right. And I, I shouldn't just because I shouldn't be discouraged because it's taking me or my family member longer than it took no. someone. Everybody goes through things differently. No, absolutely and that's not. Okay. When, when I, let me just throw in that when I got sober 20 years ago, I'm mm-hmm. going on 21 years. Congratulations when, to you. you for that. Thank you. I appreciate that. But it was a conscious decision that I made that I didn't want to be that person anymore. Okay. And I wanted out and I did it. And I went to AA meetings every single day in the middle of Phoenix, Arizona, in the city. Okay. It was the only female or le- non-Hispanic there. Right. Right. But I was, my ass was there. I went to outpatient recovery in four days a week and I worked in the evenings and catered at night. And then, um, I also saw a therapist and a psychiatrist and I did all of that on a waitress chef budget. So, so it can be done. It can be done. It's just, do you want to? And finding services or, um, uh, Organizations that will help. Well, SAMHSA, you know, SAMHSA is huge. You know, and that's that the phone number you have. What's the phone right. number you have Right, and that? That, SAMHSA stands for the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Service Administration. Mm-hmm. It is a national hotline, free and confidential. It's 24-7, 365 days a year. Referral and information is in English and in Spanish. So mm-hmm. it's dual language for families facing mental and or substance abuse issues, that number is 1-800-662-HELP. That's 1-800-662-HELP. And we'll leave this number in the description of this episode. Yep. Uh, yep. Also, there is hope, not handcuffs. If one of your loved ones is sent to, um, is picked up by the police and is in jail, um, if you're struggling with addiction, hope not handcuffs will come in and take them to recovery and help them get the financing that they need to get into rehab. Okay. Before we go today, what's the biggest piece of information or advice you can give to a family? First for a family, family. that is struggling with, an, with someone in their family that's addicted. To- Stay consistent and do not enable no matter how much it kills you. They may hate you now, but they will thank you later for saving their life. Okay. And what's the biggest piece of advice you can give to the addict? You will recover. It's not going to be easy, but you will do it. I'm living proof. And I've seen a thousand other people do it just like me that I've supported. And I wish you well. And anybody can do it. It's just going to take some time. Okay. Keep the faith. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Gina. Thank, Thank you, you so for the much. discussion. Thank you for sharing your experiences thank to our you. listeners. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And thank you for listening to Liz Life Guru. Um, this is our maiden voyage today. And Gina, where where can they find you besides me? I'm on Instagram under Liz Life Guru and Facebook and, and Psychology Today. And they can find me on um, Facebook through the Nooner Show. Perfect. Or through Instagram. The Nooner Show. Which, by the way, I'm the visiting therapist. You are the the psychotherapist for that. So a little crossover here. (laughs) Wonderful. Great to see you, honey. Thank you. The information in this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not meant to replace treatment or diagnosis by a qualified mental health professional.